Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey there and welcome. It's uh, another Tuesday edition of uh, Lynn Cullen Still Alive. And uh, that means Susan Still Alive should be there on the line. Hi. Hi. Sorry. Congratulations. (laughs) It was there the last time I checked. I know. I know. Mine will go next. So, um, I guess it's It's 50 degrees warmer today than it was a week ago. Yeah. I mean, honestly, 50 degrees warmer, you can tell. Well, maybe that then, uh, you know, sort of obviates the need to share with um, everybody this lesson in the New York Times science section today about how to walk on ice. How do you walk on ice? I know how I walk on ice. I know. And it's pretty much actually, as I read this, I thought this is how our mother told me to walk on ice. So she already knows it. Uh But... It's particularly funny to me because if you were trying to remember all this stuff, I mean, I don't know how you walk. Remember? Okay. So you want to hear it? Sure. In in a nutshell, it's walk like a duck or a penguin. Now, we always laugh when you see penguins walk, right? <laughs> right? Well, it's one flat foot down and one flat foot down, side to side. Well, no, they actually make it so it is a riot. Uh, It says uh, it's not glamorous, but it could keep you out of the emergency room. You extend your arms to the side. (laughs) Okay? Yeah. So you got your arms out there, and... um, you bend forward a little from your knees and uh, and hips to lower your center of gravity. So I remember that's what mom was always saying. She was saying, you crouch a little bit so that if you fall, you don't have as far to go. Yeah, but she would just bend all the way over and walk like all, virtually on all fours with, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, no, it, dignity has nothing to do with with this. I mean, dignity or, you know, if you're self-conscious, forget about it. Just plan on breaking a leg. Okay. So you lower your center of gravity. Meanwhile, your arms are still out and you keep your center of gravity aligned over your forward leg. Now, see, it's this kind of thing where I'm thinking, oh, come on. Who can even that's too much information. With your legs spread a little farther than usual, you turn your feet slightly outward and take short, flat-footed steps. Now, I'm imagining somebody doing this. If you saw somebody like that, you would just howl. Well, you know, and I think it's interesting because um, uh, that might the, the arms out might be right for balance, but if if what you're concerned about is falling, um, it's exactly wrong. Me. You want your arms yeah. in and, and uh, you know, sort of protecting your face and head, not bracing your fall with your 
with your hands, hands. you want to roll yourself right. into a ball and go down sideways. And at that point, that what they're saying is correct. You want your legs separated and one in front so that you can sort of flip well, right back up. Yeah, but that doesn't what you're saying. I, I do. You know why I'm saying this? Because my trainer last week, a week ago last week, spent the second half forcing me to to uh, practice falling. Yeah. And, and yeah. it was complicated and hard. It is. It is. Well, you know, uh, athletes spend a lot of time on, on that as well. But you're, I mean, you're right. The balance part, if you're with your arms wide out, but what they say is if, if you find yourself falling, um, and let's say you start to fall backward, Here's what you're supposed to remember. Now, I would no more remember this. First of all, if I start to fall, I just immediately enter a state of absolute resignation. I, I, I don't have any sense that I have any agency whatsoever. And I know that within a split second, I'm about to hit, you know, the... Some, the well, something's going to hit something. <laughs> yeah, so... I don't have time to think now. What was okay? I'm supposed to. So it says if you start to fall backwards, you must quickly tuck your chin to your chest and extend your arms away from your body so that your forearms and palms, maybe, but not your wrists and elbows, hit the ground. Well, yeah, sure, right. But I'm not going to, that's sort of like not what my reaction is going to be. My reaction is, frankly, as I said, resignation, muttering, oh, shit. <clears throat> yes, that, yes, but that's because that's your muscle memory. And the whole point to my trainer, and it's going to be miserable because I can see we're going to be doing this for a while, is to train your body to have the proper muscle memory so that when you well, do fall, you memory. aren't thinking. Yes. Yeah you're automatically going to do the right thing. Muscle memory takes so many repetitions. I remember, I mean, I, it, it literally takes like a thousand repetitions. Uh, to it takes have. more than repetition. And also I find that it takes it, my actually being able to properly visualize it in my brain. I mean, and yeah. it's, it's, it's a long process. You start with the physical, then the brain, then back to the physical. All right. Well, all of this is just making me a wreck, so I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Well, I'm sorry. But, yeah, falling is a skill, and your sister actually practices it. Well, okay. that's really good. I just avoid it myself, but I agree. Practicing, I mean... I'm, you know, I'm thinking back in the days when I had a trainer, you know what we were working on? <laughs> it's the exact opposite. It's, it's Getting like, up if you fact. fell down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, if you're on the floor, how to get up? Because yeah. that becomes difficult when you're a, an, old, an old fart. Well, Okay, Another that's training. Like that. That's training 101 for for seniors. Just so you know, if you if you've never tried this before, that that's that's where they start. You know, can you get up yeah, off the yeah. floor? 
because yeah. these are basic skills. I'm I'm slightly more advanced than you. I I know I can get up. <laughs> I think I can, but it ain't easy. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. Yeah, you don't want to be the the person lying on the ground somewhere saying I've fallen and I can't get up. You've got to be able to get up. Okay, so. But, you know, things that you, you never thought of before, it's, it's aging is, uh, well, it's an experience. So also in the science section, one more thing. You didn't check it out today, did you? No, I so didn't. The, I can <clears throat> okay, so I was going to ask you, if you did check it out, of all the things in the science section of the New York Times today, which one would I be wanting most to share? Well, it wasn't how to fall or how to walk on ice, how to walk like a penguin, um, walk like, <laughs> okay. So it is about a, uh, a very monogamous uh, pair of cockroaches. Who knew cockroaches? You know, they, they mate for life and they're very, very, they never stray. The cockroach, just to telling you. Well, once you find your cockroach, you know, I got it. Yeah, that's it. Now, this particular cockroach, they live in logs, rotten logs, somewhere in Asia. There's many kinds of cockroaches. And I can't pronounce the name. I'm not even going to try. Oh, it, the last part of it is Taiwanese. Okay, so they live in Taiwan, probably. And when they're when they're newly mated, they're newlyweds, they then find the place they want to raise their little cockroach family. And as soon as they have that place, they take turns chewing each other's wings down to stubs. So, so they, they can't stray. I, I, you know, I, they don't say that in here, but I was thinking, uh, well, that's why they're so incredibly monogamous. They, they eat each other's wings off, so they got to stay together. But it's a kind of, you know, it isn't pleasant having somebody chew on you. So what they, they say, they take turns. They've observed uh, many, many, many pairs of these cockroaches. And one climbs on the back of the other and starts eating the the wings, which lie around all on the back. And um, and then when they get a little full, they take a break and they um, swap positions. <laughs> and then at times, here's the line that just freaked me out. At times, it says, the cockroach being munched on gave a violent shudder, which seemed to encourage the muncher to take a break. <sighs> so it doesn't feel good. It hurts. Yuck. And they have a picture of a before munched on cockroach and an after munched on cockroach. And lo and behold, yeah, man. Them wings are gone, down to stubs. Just saying, that's the cockroach, ladies and gentlemen. 
Did they, right. Have they figured out that they don't? They just don't know why. They they don't say why. It's why you know. But I think we're right that they can't leave them. Why else would it? You can't leave if you can't fly away. Well, it it also identifies you as taken. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, like a wedding ring. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Well, let's stay in the animal kingdom a little bit because I got another doozy here. But it, it, this gets a little more serious simply because I don't know. We – we're American, so we don't pay any attention to the rest of the world, especially when our part of the world is in such disarray and in a horrible situation. We got more than enough just paying attention to what's going on in America. But I'm sure we all are aware that India has been having some uh, some similar problems. This Modi, who heads it, is a nationalist. He's a Hindu nationalist, and he's creating a lot of misery for people in India who ain't Hindu. Yeah. And like the United States, India in its constitution is not uh, a Hindu nation, even though 80% of Indians are Hindu. That is not what they are. The Constitution says that uh, it is a secular nation. So Modi, Modi or whatever, however it's pronounced, has come into power and done what, you know, Trumpistas have done too, trying to erase the secular and make this a Christian nation. He wants to make um, uh, India a Hindu nation. And this gets us to the animal part. What do Hindus, um, what animal is sacred to Hindus? Cows. Cows, exactly right. Believe it or not, there is a national cow commission in the government. And the national cow commission has come out with a new curriculum for all of India's students. And they were about to administer a nationwide test that featured the new curriculum on cows. Because there was an incredible uproar, it's been temporarily postponed. But it forced people to look at what is this new curriculum on cows. And it's a riot. <laughs> These poor students are learning things like, I will read directly from it. Uh, wait, that's not directly from it. Um, all right. Indian cows, you know, the Indian cow does not look like our cows. You, have you noticed that? They they don't. It's another kind of cow. It's called a zebu, which I wonder why I've never seen that in crossword puzzles. Z-E-B-U, a zebu. That's what their kind of cow is. And it has a slight hump yeah. and, a, 
and a dewlap on its um, neck. And I must say, it doesn't produce as much milk as our cows. And I say that because I'm about to. Uh, well, our cows are, are, are bred to do that and encouraged to do that. Yeah, their cows are encouraged to be jerks. <laughs> privileged, <laughs> privileged jerks, right? Yeah, they so, can go and do whatever they want. Whatever they damn well please. They're sacred. I mean, if you were told you were sacred, you'd become a jerk. That's all there is to it. So India is a country that's just filled with these uh, self-important uh, jerky uh, zebus, cows. But the curriculums tells the students, listen to this, this is a quote, there is a solar pulse which is known to absorb vitamin D from the sun's rays and release it. And this is in the hump. There's a solar pulse which is known to absorb vitamin D from the sun's rays and release it into the milk. And then it makes clear that the cows in other countries do not have this power. Well, scientists in India are quick to tell Indians, guess what? That ain't Neither true. Neither do. <laughs> <laughs> guess what? Zebus don't have that power either. This is bull. It is just absolutely no, bull. No, it's cow. <laughs> it's cow. Well, yes. And then they go on to say, this is the curriculum, that their cows are emotional toward humans. But foreign cows exhibit none of these feelings. So this is the kind of, I mean, the, the nationalism being pushed by Modi has gone so far as to mandate the teaching of that Indian children should think that their cows are superior to our cows. Well, it's sort of like the Republicans pushing, you know. Exactly. It's exactly like. Yeah. It's exactly like. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I'm reading this and thinking, this is exactly like the way, this is because this is how nationalists act. You put yourself and as a special. Uh, You're a special class. Yeah. And everybody outside is inferior to you. So that's what they're doing with the cows. The curriculum also goes on to say that Indian cows are alert and strong. And get this. Foreign cows are lazy. It's classic. At least they're doing it with cows. The Republicans in the United States do it with people. Uh, they say foreign people are not, are, are lazy, and foreign people uh, are not alert, and foreign people can't do solar pulsing, and I, I don't know. But as I read this, I thought, oh, my God. So what is going on here that's so upsetting is going on in another huge democracy, and that be India. Same kind of mindless, 
propaganda crapola dividing that country. And uh, I, I just want you to know that when I look around, what's happening here is uh, happening in other countries of as well. And it also, of course, is a repudiation of science. So Indian scientists are saying, you know, this is, this is, I mean, complete garbage. And it, it will keep our students from thinking critically. This is just wrong. They say their, their, their cow dung um, can reduce radiation. I oh. don't know. <laughs> I, but this thing, this thing actually, you know, there have been a lot of riots in India recently, and the riots are almost always um, uh, minority populations, yeah, yeah. Muslims especially, desperately trying to retain the rights that the Indian Constitution confers upon them. And there have been these Hindu lynch mobs that have been killing a lot of people and their response is always, that dead Muslim you see there, he killed a cow. That's always the charge, they killed a cow, which is usually not true, but it's all you have to say. And these, uh, nobody ever pays for anything. So in this country, when you wanna kill, let's say a black person, you say, I thought they had a gun. In or uh, you're right. Or there's been a string of robberies or someone yeah. said there was something suspicious or I feel like it. Yeah, I was scared. Um, but like the end of that, that wonderful anesthesiologist in uh, in Florida. Boy, wouldn't you like her in charge of passing your gas? Wait a minute. Wait you don't minute. know about her? Anesthesiologist in Florida. I want her in charge of what? Passing my gas? Well, what that's what they, they call anesthesiologists gas passers, I mean, in the in the field. But you don't know about her? She uh, assaulted a uh, in a parking lot in Florida. She was behind him in the line and mm -hmm. um and he kept and, and kept encroaching on his space and he asked her to please back up. She also wasn't masked. And is this a black man? It, it, was a man, it was a man of Mexican heritage. Okay. And she kept getting worse and worse and then follows him out to the parking lot where he's putting his groceries away and basically starts telling him to come back where he came from, takes out her keys and, and, and uh, mauls and, and dents his car as she's speaking to him and approaching him and telling him to go back where he came from. And then when he tries to uh, film her and call the police, she throws his phone to the ground and uh, stops on it. The man hasn't clearly done anything to her. Um, and uh, now, a month later, she's been arrested for a hate crime and everything else. But she's an anesthesiologist at a local Miami hospital. Wouldn't you like her uh, in charge of your anesthesiology if you aren't white? Oh, God almighty. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, people, this is what we have learned. 
that the people that behave in this hateful manner are not just, you know, the, the image of some uneducated redneck, right? No. no, this is a white woman doctor. These are upper middle class doctors, lawyers, business owners. Yeah. Hate in America, bigotry in America knows uh, no class. It's, uh, Yeah, there's all sorts of things that, you know, John Ossoff, who I'm very proud of for getting his position, however, has spawned, an, you know, a bunch of 36-year-old uh, people that decide they want to go to the Senate, run. too. So so now we've got the son of the uh, Bucks owner in Milwaukee, who is basically yes, a New I Yorker, who's lived for, you know, who's decided he's going to unseat Ron Johnson. And he's in, and and that primary primary is also a guy named Tom Nelson, who's from Brown County, right, and has been in local politics and state house politics for years, and is and is and should be the guy. Well, maybe is and should be, but that's not the way it works. I frankly don't give a damn. I just want Johnson. Anybody but Johnson, right? He is. Well, they're already running ads against him here. Yeah, I mean, first of all, he hasn't even announced that he's running again, has he? I don't think think so. Uh, Well, he hasn't decided whether he's going to do that or knowing that he can't win, he's going to run against Tony Evers for governor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's not disappearing. Right. But let me just say this about the owner of the Bucks' uh, son. he is um he's a pretty good guy and uh he proved it when uh, oh god what was that in uh in kenosha with the the horror there yeah the killing yeah yeah, yeah. he the bucks became the first team that he they they refused to play that right. day i mean I they they, they said we're not and he was totally with the players and he's a very yes he is a kind young of progressive. He is capitalist just... pro- progressive, and if you think about it, the last um, I think the last uh, senator from Wisconsin also came out of rich Milwaukee capitalist who was also a progressive, and that is uh, the owner of Kohl's, K O H L, the Kohl store. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Herb Kohl. And I think he owned the baseball team. <laughs> so there's a history here of, oh, well, I guess this is what we could do. They got the money to do it. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, poor Tom Nelson, who has a name like Tom Nelson, could be right. like, there's probably 700,000 Tom Nelson in, in uh, Wisconsin. Um, and he should be the guy, right? But odds are he won't. No. If he's up against a big machine. I mean, all that money. All that money. Yeah. I got the weirdest uh, email here from Roger. I'll just give it to you. I'm married. I guess I qualify as a cockroach. I fell trying to turn around and see if my wings were still there. (laughs) It hurts. He's trying to make your conversation useful. I appreciate that. 
Jeez. Lynn and I can go on for hours about absolutely nothing. This is the cream of the crop. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I like Tuesdays for this reason, because when I buy myself, it's a little harder to do it. But I, it's, it's just a way of staying away from uh, some of the more horrific stuff in the news. Uh, hey, have you watched the uh, that incredible landing on Mars? Yes. Have you watched the video? I watched part of it. I haven't seen all of it that has been released. But yes, it's rather remarkable. It's more than rather remarkable. I mean, this is rocket science. Right. Well, you know, it's it's spurring all these jokes about how can we land the rovers so so exactly on the spot we want in Mars. But we can't. And we can't help Texas, right. Yeah, well, right. Well, (laughs) Well, the one, the people who landed the rover value science. Right. And they and they and probably also value working with people from other states. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. And they don't ask what religion are you and, you know, whatever. They just, yeah, trying to get something done. But it's amazing. I mean, think of how far away that is. And you're watching... HD clarity, and it turns out we've never seen this before because they never, ever have let us see uh, actual moving video. They've never done it before. And they, the scientists at NASA, are blown away. And they've outfitted this thing with tons of cameras, so there'll be more and more and more of, of it. Uh, Here was an interesting little item, though. Uh, That video that I just watched this morning, uh, unlike the videos we're used to seeing, you know, we're used to immediately seeing a video. It took a while for that video to get from Mars to us. Yeah. Because... This should come as no surprise to anybody, but of course, these kinds of things always come as a surprise to me. Oh, the Wi Fi was slow. That's right. There's (laughs) no high speed internet connection between the Earth and Mars. Who knew? So, how did it get back? Well, the, the video had to be relayed. So it went first to one orbiting object, spacecraft, then onto another orbiting. So it did, that's how it finally got there, here. Um, so there you have it. I, yeah. I, I just think. So did you see the picture of the astronaut from the space station untethered and just flying in space with a pack on his back? Untethered? Untethered. The first untethered flight. Every time I can't even say it without my innards just clenching. Well, uh, how was he or she able to? He had a jetpack on his back. He he could. He he, he had a power source, but I don't care. So he was. (laughs) So he was able to steer and and, and back. 
stuff you can't. I can't even walk over a bridge that you can see. But I love it. Oh my God! So if the jetpack failed, bye bye. He did. Yeah. Oh my God. Boy, these people are brave. Yeah, I just why? <laughs> <laughs> well. Because it's there. I know, because but still, there. I mean, it literally makes me nauseous just to think about it. It makes me yeah. ill. I'm making, let's change the subject. I'm making myself okay. ill. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I've got something a little strange here. I keep getting, I mean, it's, it's, it's always been the case, but all of a sudden, um, over the last, I'd say five months. I have been getting constant letters. I kept the last one here from various utilities. Um, the guys who uh, who I rely on for gas and uh, and water, uh, and they keep sending me these things. And when I don't respond, they send me another one. Like, what is wrong with you? We're giving you this opportunity. Um, and it's always about buying a kind of replacement insurance. They keep, they scare you to death by saying, your water lines are old or your gas line is old. And the, you know, it, if it fails, it could result in thousands of dollars of uh, repairs. And you're on the hook for that. We're not. You are. So we offer you this wonderful insurance. Do you get these things? I don't know. I haven't opened my mail in months. I haven't been. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, but I mean, this, this kind of thing's been going on for, I yeah. think, forever. I yeah, yeah, I mean, you bought. can substitute car warranty if you want. Yeah, well, I once bought it and then let it lapse and and then thought, what the hell? Anyway, I finally, and I'm here to help everybody who's fallen for this because they just don't stop. Um, and it, the Washington Post did a story. And they say that this is common practice, and these things look these things look very official. So when I get them, it comes from Duquesne Light, or it comes from you know it comes from your. It's not, it, but it's an insurer. It's not. It is not them, but they allow it. Duquesne Light is in on the scam because they get a little bit of a kickback if the insurance company they're in the scam with nails you. Right. And these things always are the same. <clears throat> these ominous warnings that, hey, your water line goes, your sewer line goes, baby, that's on you. Um, and a lot of people, I mean, I I get nervous. I've been made nervous by these things a lot. Geez, maybe I should. <clears throat> and this last one I got, it's like $5 a month. And I'm thinking, all right, $5 a month, so that's 50 what, that's $60 a year. You could do it, then you don't have to worry. And then I'm thinking, but you didn't worry. They're making you worry. Is this, so I just, I just kept sitting on it. 
and then thank God for this Washington Post article. Because they say, although these mailings seem to come from your utility companies, they are not, right? They're right. from these third parties that have struck up a partnership agreement with your utility company, um, which is really outrageous to me. So millions and millions of homeowners buy this stuff. And these insurance companies, they pull down, it says here, $900 million a yeah. year. And, and and how many of you have had to replace your lot? I mean, they just, it's what I keep saying, you know, because, because yeah, it, this is the same thing as your car warranty is about to expire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it will cost thousands and thousands. Yeah. And I'm going, you know what, guys? I mean, I realize this is from a fairly privileged place, but most people, if their car is in that position, that's when they trade it in and they get a new car with a new warranty and, you know, or they decide to put aside a thousand dollars in case their car needs some work because they know it's now old. I mean, the thought that I'm trying to suggest is that people are in control of their own finances and they know that they should have a little money put aside if this happens to the house or that happens to the house, if they can, but if they can't do that, they certainly can't afford to be throwing out twenty, thirty, forty dollars here and there yeah. on all these various other insurances. I'm saying if you're gonna do that, take the five bucks and put it in the bank. And then it's your money. And you have it if you need it. And if you don't, you haven't given it to somebody else. And they they say this article really goes into detail. They look actually uh, at various cities and how many pipes had to be replaced or sewer lines. And, and how much is actually it, covered for that yeah, five dollars a month? Not it is absolutely. Uh, these lines last a long, 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 long time generally. And the bottom line is. Even if your house is really old, your odds of having a catastrophic water or sewer line failure are very low. And the costs that these guys claim um, are inflated. Yeah. So the odds are that the repair. Yeah, I mean, they are giving you the worst case scenario with a with a line that's seven thousand feet from the you know from the main and blah 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 blah. It's, I'm just telling you. Take the money and sack it away in the warranty insurance place where I'm not buying it. Yeah. And then when something happens, you'll have some money to fix it. I, it's just, it drives me nuts. Really drives me nuts. Um, it's it's well, a scam. I, this is what I just wanted to pass on to people. I really, really, really... Um, it just pisses me off. Now watch, my sewer line will break tomorrow. Well, no, but it's like—I mean, it's why we can't answer our telephones anymore. That's because, right. Because they're all scams, and and I am, you know, and and frankly, I am fearful. We have now had the second call with someone starting the call. Is the man of the house at home? <laughs> Do they still say that? Well, why would anyone still say that, dear sister? 
it's if if it's someone merely being stupid, it's very stupid. To me, it just sends off alarm bells. They're looking for someone where there isn't a man at home. Oh, Barbara sent me something good. Somebody who used Rush Limbaugh's death for a good purpose. Um, Dancing? This guy named, no, this guy named Tommy Marcus. He uh, he decided that the way to respond would be to write a check to Planned Parenthood. And, and so um, he put a screenshot of his donation on his Instagram page, which, by the way, does not use his name. It, his Instagram page has a lot of followers. It's called Quentin Quarantino. <laughs> <laughs> and it's something, you know, he's been keeping it during the pandemic. Yes, yeah. He, he posts things about pandemic life and, and uh, a lot of them taken on conservatives. So he he said he hoped to maybe get enough people to raise about $10,000. But by Friday afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, the Quentin Quarantino Rush Limbaugh Memorial Planned Parenthood fundraiser has collected more than $400,000. Yay. Couldn't go to a better cause. Yeah. And this guy, Quentin Quarantino turns out to be a young kid. He's 25 years old. Yeah. Um, so there you have it. Good for him for writing that. checks. I mean, good for him for writing checks at 25 years old to Planned Parenthood. <laughs> good for him. That's true. <laughs> and he said this, Rush Limbaugh has been someone who spent decades clogging the airways with sexist, homophobic, racist, endlessly discriminatory propaganda. Chasing Lynn um, Cullen off the airwaves from station to station. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um you know, I read, though, that when he was here in Pittsburgh, you know, he started as a disc jockey here in Pittsburgh, and uh, someone had suggested that if we had just, he kept losing his job here. He worked for one station whose owner I later worked for at WPTT. He worked for them first, and then he went to KQV, um, and he got he lost that job, too. If we somehow managed to keep him here, it could be he'd still be split, you know, spinning records instead of uh, having done what he did. But I read that he, what was it? The guy who took his place was a guy named Jim Quinn when he lost his job. Jim Quinn, I've worked with. So I mean, radio is such a small... Jim Quinn later became a Rush wannabe and spread, you know, all this crap all over the airwaves here. Um, but I did my show, the city paper show, this show, out of the studio that Jim Quinn did his show out of. So there is like a line from Rush Limbaugh, Jim Quinn, and me. <laughs> I'm just saying. And I'm the only one still blabbing. Well, good. Uh, there is a God. Maybe. 
I don't know. I'm not going to sign off on that. So I have to tell you, this thing about our soon-to-be uh, new attorney general, Merrick Garland. Yeah, did you watch? You know, seeing him, and I'm thinking, and this man should, of course, now be sitting on the Supreme Court. Right. And to think that these Republicans, I, it just reminded me of their this Republican perfidy. They are the worst. They will do anything they have to, and they don't care. And it doesn't seem to really hurt them that much. No. And the but last the time about yeah, the last time we saw Merrick, he had he had black hair, and now he's got white hair. No, he didn't have black hair. Did he? I think so. I don't think so. The last time I remember him is when Obama uh, introduced him and said he was being, uh, you know, he was nominating right. him. And then Garland spoke and he broke down. And I remember thinking, oh, he, cry he cries very easily, this guy. It's and he cried yesterday. He cried yesterday he, talking about his parents. Yes. But that's what always sets him off. Right. So he always says, if my mom or my dad, and then he loses it. And I have seen, there were there was another time he also, I every time I, I see this guy, he, he starts to cry. And I thought, I love this guy. I mean, that guy has a big, heart. Well, I didn't think that when John Boehner cried all the time. No, no, but, just, but yeah. Well, that's because he wasn't a nice man and he and that and and then his tears sort of lose effect. But I um I just I I particularly enjoyed his his conversation with Josh Hawley. Um did you I, that was No, that was, I didn't oh, see it. Oh, I well, Hawley wants him Holly, um, he of the raised fist and the encouraging the insurrectionists, questions uh, uh, Merrick Garland about um, how he feels about police and supporting the police and uh, defunding the police. And, you know, Garland says, well, obviously, um, you know, the President Biden doesn't uh, agree with that, you know, concept of totally defunding, nor do I. And especially when you you look, you know, at what just happened here and the incredible courage of the police officers that were here to to, you know, protect your lives. And then Holly tries to take it off the insurrection and say, I'm talking about when they you don't feel that way when they're storming courthouses in Portland and 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 yeah. and and Garland just says, well, those two instances are completely and totally different. In the case of the insurrection, they were you know storming the government, trying to keep it from doing its business. In Portland, it was a demonstration against an empty building at night. Those one is First Amendment. One is an insurrection. You know, how, how are you supposed to be smart? How is somebody supposed to be smart? This is, a, he's, yeah, he's Stanford Yale. I mean, that's who he is. Well, he was, he's their polished guy, all, all, all set to take over. And he has just, 
the people that even know him don't know what happened to him. It's like a Michael Flynn thing. You know, one second he was everybody's, you know, shining example of a, what a, a proper Republican conservative should look like. And the next second he fell off the edge of the earth, you know, which, which has people like Danforth going, I don't, I can't even imagine what happened, which has me saying, you know, Mr. Danforth, <laughs> let me just say that the problem with us is you got bad judge of character just because you were born rich and just because you know how to talk and stand properly doesn't actually make you smart. And you gave us Clarence Thomas and you gave us Josh Hawley and whoever asks you for your advice again is just stupid. Yeah. He should stand down and stand by and we'll forget he's there. Yeah. I knew this would happen. Barbara has written. A friend who lives in Spring Hill area, Pittsburgh, did have a water line break. <laughs> but she had a rider on her insurance and it was covered. Yeah. And her insurer is my insurer, so maybe I'm covered anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean so, you you blah, can blah, blah, you can blah. absolutely get this you know, as, as part of your no, normal homeowner's insurance and, and yeah. should always be part of your review. All of these add-ons are just, you know, and by the way, I'll say the same thing for people that on their home insurance uh, pay extra for, you know, personal possessions that they deem a value. That is also wasted money and should be just covered under contents. All you have to do is prove that it you own it with a picture of it in place or, you know, and have the the receipt or an estimate. And then it is, if it should be stolen or damaged or lost, it is covered under the normal contents of your home, which by the way, you pay a fortune for. It's based on like three quarters of the value of your home. So uh, they, the insurance industry figures out more ways to just, you don't even notice, just take that money, take that money, take all of that money and put it in your pipes if you're worried about them. You can you can spend that money a whole lot easier and then put a ton of it back in your pocket. And Chuck writes, I discovered my water line is covered by my homeowner's insurance. Yep. Um, but it's worth a call to your agent because not all home insurance will. Uh, yeah, so then you can... Then you just add it if you're concerned. that stuff in there. Yeah. But if you're living uh, in a brand new home, you know, with brand new plumbing that was just run to a brand new, you know, you don't need that. Little Tony says, hey, Lynn and Susan, I get those letters all the time. I got one yesterday. Sure you did. I'll probably get one today. You're sick of them and so am I. By the way, did anyone else get an election ballot application for 2021? I got one earlier this month and didn't hear anyone else talking about it. It looks official from Allegheny County. The primary is on May 18th. Yes, I have one as well. And it says that you requested a uh, to get a ballot and do you still want one or something? I haven't sent it back in, but yeah, that's official. They're already on it. And while the Republicans in the legislature try desperately to keep us from being able to vote like that. If the Republicans had their way, you'd have to be, uh, you know, uh, hospitalized with some life-threatening illness to, uh, to be able to vote. 
uh, by mail. No, then you wouldn't be able to vote because who knows if you were actually voting. That would be, no, you're you're not allowed. It could be like your nurse voting for you. Yeah. Who knows? Um, and here's another thing. So Merrick Garland is in tears. And then uh, the president of the United States uh, marking this horrible benchmark of uh, 500,000 Americans dead. Uh, and it, it has to be higher than that from, from the virus. And to think that the former president wouldn't even never acknowledged no. one death never acknowledged it, ever. And the current president said this, and you know he didn't have to read it off a teleprompter, and you know it came from his big heart and his life experience. He said, I know all too well. I know what it's like to not be there when it happens. I know what it's like when you are there, holding their hands, look in their eye and they slip away. That black hole in your chest, you feel like you're being sucked into it. The survivor's remorse, the anger, questions of faith in your soul. That's our current president. Yep. Yeah, wow. I was I was saying to our mother the other day that all of those years that I just dismissed Biden and thought there were better candidates, uh, you know, including right up until this year, it turns out he was the exact right person for this moment. Yeah, he, he is. I mean, he, aside from the fact that he is, uh, as we always hope, growing, you know, growing up to the position, uh, filling it well, he is just clearly... Um, so convincingly calming the populace uh, and and making us all feel like we might be going towards safety again. He's doing that so magnificently. And honestly, I don't think anybody else that was up there could have done it as well as he's doing it. I really feel the same way. And he was certainly not my choice. No. Um, yeah. I was despair. So, I was downright disparaging of him, but I'm I'm I was wrong. I'm just going to say I was wrong, and he was the right guy for this moment. You know, they uh, there's a lot of people trying to say how do you uh, comprehend you know a half a million Americans dead? Uh, you know, and we're hearing that this is more that died in World War II, plus those who died in Korea, plus those who died in Vietnam. And someone did a graphic, I forget, it might have been from the Washington Post yesterday, that if, if you've ever been to the Vietnam Memorial, that amazing black wall in, uh, in Washington, with the names of all the dead from Vietnam on it, if that instead memorialized these deaths, the COVID deaths, how big that wall would have to be. 
it would be, I don't, I can't remember exactly, it'd be 85 feet tall. This is keeping the names exactly the same, the same amount of, it would be, it would go much, for, it is amazing. If we were to be able to comprehend the loss, and, and this has been said so many times, it's why, you know, people's eyes roll back in their head when you try to think of, you know, like uh, the deaths and the Holocaust. It's because you can't comprehend those numbers. You only, can, and you don't care. You only can care when you hear about one, right? Right. One person. And I always used to struggle with how many would that have been? And I, and then I think of where have you been with the most people where you're seeing, all, you know, and you think of a football stadium. And so I used to imagine fill up whatever, name your stadium. And then every one of those people's dead. Okay. And then fill so, it up again. That's right. And then fill and it up dead. again. <laughs> and they're dead. And think about that. So if a stadium holds 50,000 people, how many times then do you fill it up and kill all the people in it to get to 500? 10, right? Please tell me I'm right. Yes. <laughs> Just add a zero. <laughs> Okay, and it still doesn't do it because you'd have to know, you'd have to hear about each person. Like, you know, and the newscasts are trying to do that. They'll introduce you to one person who died and let a survivor say something about them or, or tell you about their lives, their life. And that has an impact. But five hundred thou, no impact. Um, and you'll still have, you know, uh, a, a large segment of the population that just thinks it's ridiculous, like this Florida doctor who won't wear a mask. Well, I saw that Fauci or somebody said that we, um, from this date on we can be assured that like pretty much another hundred thousand are going mm -hmm. to die. Yeah. Close to. And if, however, 95% of us would do what we're supposed to do, wear the mask, social distance. Get, our, get a vaccine number, when it's available to you. Yeah. You could save, I think, whatever I saw, you could save 17,000 of those lives. So th when people, it made me think 17,000 unnecessary deaths just from this point to some point in the summer because these awful, ignorant, selfish uh, people will not wear a mask they're killing people. Yeah, well, you know, it was, it was, it just, it really just goes back to the politics of it. That the second 
that that the previous administration decided that the that there was nothing they could do because they were nincompoops and at least they were willing to admit it to themselves so they were just going to pretend like the whole thing didn't exist and 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 the only way they could do that was to create this hoax mentality and or even if it does exist then we just have to let it ravage the population and then it'll go away i mean those were the two plans that and was plan a and plan b and and the politicians think they thought because initially it was it was only in urban centers so, so it was just killing it was just going to kill poor poor people and black people black so big people deal. and democrats that's yeah. right that's exactly what they thought. We're safe here in uh, in Yahooville, right? God. Uh, okay, yeah. I'm just gonna get Henry Henry in here. Watching Ted Cruz question Merrick Garland. Oh my God, was almost too much for me to handle. Cruz wanted Garland to guarantee that the office of the attorney general would not be used as a tool of the president. <laughs> God, God. Well, it's like they're opposing this, this the, the first Indian, uh, you know, Native American woman yeah, yeah, yeah. because because she set out intemperate tweets. And when you look at what the tweets are, she called someone an idiot. She said, "Oh, you're Are you awful." Sure you're not thinking. You're thinking of Neera Tandon. Yeah, the OMB person. Yeah. No, she's gonna. She's gonna. She's gonna be sunk because of the Yeah, she's sunk. Yeah. The Native American, the head, uh, the head, what, the EPA or Interior? I think it's Interior. I think they're against her because uh, she's, she's Native American. Fossil, no, she's fossil. She doesn't like fossil fuel. Yeah, she's Native American. And on, on top, boy, have you seen her? She looks like the, if you were to say, this is what a Native American looks like. She has that extraordinarily high cheekbones, the chiseled, uh, gorgeous face of a Native American. She's so beautiful. You see, to me, it's if ever. I mean, it it should it, it is it is karma that a Native American should be in charge of yeah. the interior. You interior. Know, it, you it just it's just karma, and and it just should be. <sighs> Well, if it's something that is good and a sign of progress, you can bet, as we know, the Republicans will be against it. It is rather shocking, though, that 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 they can just sit up there after four years of what we've lived through and demand that people be civil and demand that people, you know, not politicize institutions and demand that, you know, and everything that they have shamelessly, shamelessly, intentionally, boastingly, braggartedly done. I, I now you aren't going to do that, are you? We need to unify. Well, I started using uh, the word shameless uh, for Republicans, I swear, 30 years ago. Uh, you know, I, I must have said it 500,000 times already by now. They're shameless. And w when I first started using it, I had no idea. 
Yeah, but now a lot of Republicans or, or former re- erstwhile Republicans agree with you. So not many, not enough. Not enough, no, but they are enough. leaving. They're leaving them by the thousands. And if they're a minority party to begin with, and they're losing people by the thousands, that's not good. No, it's not good. It's great. Okay. I think we should. Uh, I think we should cease and desist. Okay. 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 Thank you, Susan. Go go fall down. Learn how to fall and punch somebody. Oh God. Okay. I have to quick eat. I look what we did. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. And as for the rest of you, I'll uh, I'll see you tomorrow. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but something's bound to happen. Okay. Be safe. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.